close your eyes Leave all your troubles behind Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me in my imagination In my imagination Well, sometimes my mind Play these tricks on me sometimes And I'll find that my mind Climbs higher than it should climb up Imagination, I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploiting my mind. Welcome to Eat Sleep Run Repeat, episode 23, the running podcast for the average runner by average runners. We've got four of us in the house tonight Mr. Steve Sparling, yeah, Mr. Nathan Barden, me, and uh, Bradley Wax Cullen. Just off the Ooh. back of his jetty to jetty. Oh, he's, he's here. He's made the we are not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He must be under 70 kilos now after that, that uh, monster run today. 69. Oh, he's, he's broken the 70. Good number, bro. Good Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, look at him. He's half the man you used to be. He's cheering, Literally. isn't he? Look at him. He's fucking elated. Yeah, I lost my neck, so Willie doesn't hassle me. I don't even have one anymore, so I don't get a hassle about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Double Useful. chin. Useful. Yeah. Nice, mate. Well, well this run for the weeks has been a bit quiet, hasn't it, for all of us yeah. except for Brad? I'll whiz through mine because I haven't done much this week. only really good thing I've done was this morning. I've had a few jogs. Um through the week i think i've run about 40 50k or something but this morning i ran 17k uh doing the drinks i ran with kim dingwell uh matthew flannery we did i think 45 minutes easy and 15 minutes at 415 pace i did a little bit extra because i had to run back to get the drinks for wax and then <laughs> um yeah that then i jumped on the bike and did the did the rest of the drinks for wax and that was, yeah, that was the only sort of thing I've done that's been decent this week. But then I'm starting the build for the Sunny Coast Half. I've entered that today, so I'm, I'll be back taking it seriously as of next week. What about you, Steve? You've been, your uh, guzzler's just coming up, so you're probably on the... Yeah, I'm in, I'm in full taper, mate. I sort of yeah. had a bit of a look at what Wax done today, and I've taken that on board. So his week... Um, may have needed a little bit more taper than what he did so i'm taking that considering i'm running two and a half times that distance i think i might just um back off a little bit i was going to run today but decided not to so um i finished on 34 k's i did a 7k treadmill on tuesday um i did a 13k basically like a progressive run on on wednesday um with a bit of hills just to to run some hills in the legs normally like when we do trail running any anything that loads legs up we sort of basically we've got to run we've got to last 50 k's so i'm not going to be running any anything sort of hills but i run the hills and then sort of um as the as the run got on further and further i sort of started at a 5 30 pace and i finished on 4 40 pace so if you can understand it's a bit of a pretty decent progressive run yeah. Um, with it with about 110 meters of elevation so happy with that didn't do much we we got some fences replaced and i spent a lot of this week and um those days just sort of um a bit of cleaning up and stuff after the guys left not much sleep because it's so noisy either as well so not much sleep 
And then on Saturday, I did a double run. So I did a park run. I only just made it. I did have a um, trail run up at Beer Barham. It was from Beer Barham School out to Tibbergargan, a loop around Tibbergargan back to the car park. But um, I changed my mind. I, I messaged the guy the night before. I had a big night at work and I knew I wasn't going to make He wanted us between 6.45 and 7. I wasn't going to make it there. I only made, just made park run. I got there at like 10.2. Did a warm up at 6.52, so for a kilometer. And then basically, when I come back from a warm up, everyone's on the start line. So basically, jog straight, I took my jacket off and jog straight to the start line. And off we went. I see Nathan there giving me a bit of a wave, and off he went. He, he set out pretty hot, hot off the, off the line. Um, and I had a bit of a, I don't know what was going on at work on Friday night. I had a bit of a groin issue going on. I don't know from what or how it's happened, but um changing angles you know you get your your groin yeah oh shit <laughs> um not sure what's going on but yeah i thought I, during the warm-up felt all right but i didn't know how it was going to be at pace so about the first 800 meters took it easy and then i just a full send after that i thought i'll bugger it I'll, I'll just go for it and the next four k's are all under four minutes splits so i ended up with another really good run um it's my second fastest park run actually with a, a 425 first K and the rest all quick. I got um, 1943. So good run. I'm getting very consistent with these 1940s. I have to wait till the guzzler. I think after that, I'm going to try and smash 1930, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then um, after that, me and Kylie head out to Bullocky's Rest to try a new pair of uh, shoes, my um, purchase of the week. The Salcone Endorphin Trail series. Same, got the same speed roll set up and um, same inner Sponsored inisole. by Salcone. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm liking Salcone. I got a few. I think I got about six or seven mm-hmm. pairs of Salconis now. No Nike still, everyone. Hey, can um, I just jump in there? Like this shoe yeah. brand, every single like person that you hear has a different pronunciation for the actual name. Yeah. Some people call it Saucony. You yeah. call it Saucony. What did yeah. you just call it, Nathan? Saucony. I call yeah, it Saucony. Some of it, so- Americans call it Saucony. What do you yeah. call it? What, what do you call it, Spartan? Saucony. Saucony. I call it Saucony. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, what same, do you say, same. Steve? Willie. Well, I would say Saucony, but then yeah, you hear like the, the other podcast that I listen to where they talk about shoes, they call it Saucony. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing. Just till recently, I, I heard a review on the Hokers. So we Sakone, call it Hoka. Sakone, they call it Hoka. And yeah. you know, it's one, one after it. Okay. One, one, one. Yeah. yeah one, yeah, one. So it depends on Spanish. who you're talking to and how they yep. pronounce it. It's a weird well, thing. Well, actually, that was invented. That uh, Hoka, the, one of the co founders of Hoka, I was watching a documentary on it. He was one of the co founders of UTMB, the race. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Yeah, and they, oh, yeah. they finally bought it in I think 2000 they bought it first to 2013 14 to the yeah. to they had it a, a place at um utmb uh the big one and yeah. uh six people bought them to race in uh, that week and they're like you sure yeah. you want to buy a shoe now and run it and the six people ran in it and them and it just went from there yeah maybe phrase names but i think back in the day when i was playing baseball they used to have cleats um, and also grass sports. So maybe soccer. They had Salcone before. He might know the pronunciation from years ago, but it's only new to me, really. Like in the last two or three years, I've really come in touch with it. 
but they have been around for a long time, same as Mizuno and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I guess they all transitioned from whatever sport they were and now it's taking on running. Um, but it, I, I guess the winner is everyone else. Like we've got a great selection of shoes to, to run with. Eh? I, think, I think depending on your size, your shape, your foot size and, and the availability, everyone's got a shoe to buy really. It doesn't really matter. But these have the same speed roll technology, same um, inner sole as my endorphins. The other endorphin mm-hmm. road series feel very much the same apart from the size of the shoe. They're, they're like about a centimeter or so bigger than my other trail shoes by the same company. Um, but they weigh less. They're about 25 grams less with that huge stack height. They look and like must, a super shoe. It's quite, I must quite, say, the, quite the strong. Stack height is so cushion, man. You're running mm-hmm. along and all the downhills where you're using your heel the back of your foot to break and then taking off up the, up the hills and stuff. There's no, it's, it's totally different shoe compared to my other trail shoes. You're not used to running in a super shoe, are you as well? So you're not used to that extra foam. We suppose got used to that extra foam and then the oh, he's got, got quite a big he's got the endorphin pros and that, haven't you? Endorphin pro and speed, yeah. speed are still really good. They don't look the same at all as a Nike, but they're um, the endorphins are still got that, carbon plate and the nylon plate so yeah I, I think it is what it is everyone runs with i've never run in a nike so one day i'll tell you what the difference is i guess um but until now this is probably going to be my future trail shoe i think i'll still depending on how this week goes i'm going to run with cj later in the week just for a short run out his way yep yep um um just to have a bit of a chat about things to come in the following week because he's done the guzzle before well, CJ run with Nathan at Noosa and he also did the track events. Um, one of the track events with you too. And now. we connected. We first connected. We literally ran the last, second half of the uh, Mount Glorious race together. So there you go. And he kept me get he kept me going. And then when I was running with him, you know, I wanted to stop and walk and he was like running. I just stayed with him. And then I, Goggins jumped into my head and said, you're only at 40%. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna do. I've already teed, teed up a run midweek with him, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Nice. Um, and then I'm gonna have a couple of decent taper days. Might just walk the dogs and keep the legs moving. But I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna run Thursday, Friday, and just keep my legs. Plenty. Interesting. Of, uh, Nick Willett said to me last the other week, just before the race, it, or the week before the week before, he said, "You want to come into the race." with as fresh as legs as possible. And I remember yep. when I was going for a, a PB park run with Steve's video and trying to drag me along and I'd been for a little 5k run the night before. And Steve said, Oh, that might be in your legs and I could feel it in my legs. So I know that feeling and didn't want to be on the start line going, Oh, oh my legs and, are and you'd yet. done that um, Mount glorious race the week before the week before. Yeah. yeah. You're coming off a hard run too. So yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. these these trail shoes are great. Um, I felt like I could I could move really fast in them if I wanted to, and it was, and it was probably a lot of the. I got a few personal records out there at Bullockies Rest, and I've run there a lot. And um, I can't believe really... they're lighter because there's quite a dense. That's quite a dense foam in yeah. those shoes. They look yeah. quite heavy, but it's surprising they're lighter than your other yeah. um, ones you got. Yeah, but the. It's totally different grip. It's hard to sort of say. It's a nice grip. I like that. It's just yeah. just the right lug hole height. What it's are really they, hard mil? to see. There's a lot. There's probably a mil? few less lugs, but they stick out right out past the side of the shoe. And you got some yeah, going the opposite way on the heel, so it stop you sliding down. But as um, going downhill. If you if you start at the same heel and move the shoe like that, my other shoes only come to about here somewhere. They're like about a centimeter and a half shorter. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. so, Don't do a Steve, sh- especially in them with more. F- 
more uh, more shoe under your foot. Nah, but looking forward to some decent trails in the future. I think I'll stick to my Salconis for the Guzzlers. I've done 45Ks, had no issues at all in them, and I think that's probably the way to go this time around. Maybe next year I'll do a few events in these and see what happens. Yeah, we do so Noosa. That's my week. 34Ks, yeah, looking forward. I think I spoke to you the other day. Let's do Noosa. Let's do Noosa next year. And Noosa 50, not the 100, because you can enjoy the weekend. You know, like you, you don't have to be yeah. like, up at that extra hour earlier, they leave off, and then yeah. you finish lunchtime. You can go down to the beach for the afternoon, then go down yeah, to the I surf reckon. club, have a piss up. And so, two yeah. what we do Friday night, Saturday night in Noosa stayed on Hastings Street. So, we get a few of us to get up and, and yeah. do that. Oh, I love, I love the surf club. I, I, this is my favorite place in the world. Sit there, we're looking out on the water, having a drink. Huck. Yeah, I'd do that every day of the week if I could. Anyway, that's me, 34Ks, full taper mode now. Just a few runs next week and then the big one next Saturday we'll talk about next podcast first. So I run with Nathan um, North Lakes on Saturday, so I guess we go with him next. He did park run. Mate, I've just been trying to recover this week and uh, had to fly to Sydney for a couple of days. Knee was really hurting and I've been smashing the aspirin and that has really come good. Um, but um, So I thought, oh, you know what? Bugger it, I'm going to do park run. So, um, part one started off for, I, did, I just wanted to get out and get out through the crowd. And then I slowed right down. I was doing like five minutes a K and that, and then after about 300 meters, I could feel my hip left hip getting tight. And then obviously that's the IT band coming down and connecting them on knee was getting a bit sore, but not sore enough to stop me from running. And I just, I think I put the hammer down with about a K under a K to go. And then just, I think I did the last K and what was that? 330? Is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It did the last K in three minutes thirty. Yeah, um, yeah. Just absolutely flew it, and people. I went went past uh, someone, and they went, "What?" <laughs> As if to say, like, "Where did that come from?" But uh, yeah. I just sort of, I just felt like just stretching my legs, and I thought, "Oh, you know, maybe I like I got to get back yeah. to doing some speed work." So, um, and that basically was my week, five kilometers. Um, so, uh, That's it. Yeah. what have you been doing with you? I, I, we were talking afterwards, and you've been doing a lot of um, foam rolling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm what sitting what here have you now. actually done? I've got one of these, this ball which goes on, it's called the body spanner, and I'm sat here with it and pushing my leg up the, the, uh, there's a, the chair you sit down in a bit of a bucket chair, and I'm squeezing my leg against that. So, I've been, I've got the roller, which looks like a rolling pin. Um, and I've just been smashing this and do it with my hand. Just yeah. getting my finger on it. I think what happens is, you're like, as you do a lot of running and your legs develop, I have trouble trying to find that IT band because the quad comes around and I am more quad dominant than hamstring. And um, I feel like and it's really hard to find that IT. But that Matt Podiatry's guy, when I sat down at 77 at checkpoint five, he put yeah. his thumb straight on it and I just went, Oh, yeah, I remember that. We found wow. it. Then you watch it on the video, and he just he just knew where it was. So it's amazing. Yeah. People they know what they're looking for, and but it is it is tight from up in the hips. But I ran with my new orthotics in, and I think that definitely helped a bit because my after the five k, I didn't even feel like I had them in. I got so yeah. used to being in, and and I don't know if you've seen them. They got like the extra arch for the your arch. You, what most people know is that arch where your planter is, but there is also an arch in your foot where your ball of your foot is. And there's a bubble. It goes the other way. Bubble in in the in in that, and you or you really feel it at the start. But when I got home, I was sorting out my insoles, and I realised I left the original insole for my Kayanos in and put my orthotic 
on the top of that. So no wonder I thought it was tight. So I was actually running a bit higher on my left leg. Yeah, so it was like, no wonder my leg was hurting. It might have hit was hurting. I was out by even a couple of minutes. I thought, what a twat. So (laughs) what a rookie mistake that was in in a rush in the morning. But yeah. Anyway, so you're still going to be running in France? That's the plan? Well, the, the plan is that, yeah, I'll go get this leg right. I reckon, I think I've come back a bit early. And I think there's always, everything happens for a reason. I'm going to take two weeks out, not run at all. I'm just yeah. going to do some strength work um, and get this, get a massage in. I might do some, a bit of bike stuff. Um, I'm just going to get a, but then that could have set this IT band off because yeah. that's all I was doing really a bit. And I think I did a bit too much bike maybe and sort of maybe upset. But um, I'm going to do some strength work, stretch, massage. So in how many weeks time is it? Four? Four, yeah. Four weeks is the um, Trail of the Bear race. So I really, um, look, I know I say it's only 23K, but it is still like two and a half hours. But I just want to give it a good crack. I'm not going to win it or anything, but I want to, I want to be able to run it, not walk it. So that's yeah. why I get myself right. And, com- and complete it comfortably given what you yeah, just, just be nice to just be there and do something you know and i and i'll video it for it make a little youtube video it'd be great you know just really yeah. looking forward to it a few cowbells ding, 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 ding. yeah so, yeah good experience you want to introduce you want to introduce him steve man of the moment yeah well <laughs> this morning was the jetty to jetty at redcliffe and um the podcast sole representative was Wax. Yeah, talk us talk us through your week because I think we've all learned a few lessons from from this, you especially. But sort of give us a bit of a lead in to the uh, to the actual so the weekend. Week, so, okay, so the week was so anyway that Sunday because I took running related. Up. We don't even know about any yeah. truck driving stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to a guy after the race. He said. You gotta be the fittest truck driver I know. And I said, mate, yes. I'm being called the fittest truck driver around. Yeah. yeah. Be the, skinniest, be the skinniest truck driver we've ever met. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh Sunday I did 16k and because I so that's where I'm getting it. So I did 16k at 519 pace. And then I took the Monday off. Um yeah. so Tuesday I did uh, just a 6k. 35 minutes yep um that was a nice then, easy run that was a nice easy run yeah and uh wednesday was a 10k at a five minute pace so 501 pace yeah uh i was supposed to be um remember that woolly i was supposed to do a tempo but because the wind was howling on the last three k uh turnaround the 3k to come back home it probably sort of was anyway because um, the wind it was pretty brutal down there that night. Uh, yeah, I think 14th, we said that. I think yeah. we said you just run the last three k at like race pace or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that just, last the wind k just wrecked just, you. Oh, it was just tough. It was one of the uh, toughest winds I've experienced down there. Actually, I've been doing that way for quite a few years now. Um, so the fourteenth, seven uh, k at just five thirty pace. Laid it off a bit. And then, um, yeah, today was the, actually, no, yesterday I did the uh, 5, 5.81Ks at 5.27 pace. So I should have, to be honest, I should have just tapered off, I reckon, about three or four days out before 
Uh, At least Wednesday and an easy run Thursday, maybe. Nothing nothing Friday. That's what I've done in the past, and that's probably what I'll do um, in the future now. Do you reckon Uh, you'll do the sunny coast before you get into the today? Do you reckon you'll run? I think that's like four weeks away. If anyone's listening to the podcast and I can hitch a ride up so I don't have to ride on my own, (laughs) give me a shootout, even one of the Strider boys. I'll be more than happy to jump and I'll even buy you a coffee. There'll be heaps of people driving up. You'll be able to jump in with anyone. Yeah, I want to try and hitch a ride with someone so I can go up, check with someone. Daniel O'Hara's going, mate. Hit him up. Oh, yeah. I'll try and, yeah, I might be able to get onto that. Local lad. Um, Yeah, so... uh, so yesterday's run was a bit, I didn't feel 100%, but I, I always don't feel that great on those real slow runs because I like running faster, but I'm doing them. Um, yep. So I probably went out and did a bit too much. Um, so that's my lesson learned just off that. But there's more um, because the duty to duty was today. Uh, I still got a PB. I didn't know I got a PB, but I did get an hour 38 right on the money. You got it, mate. We looked um, you up. We looked you yeah. up from last year. Nine seconds. Yeah, uh, nine second PB. Mm. 138.09 last year. 138.00 this year. Yeah, so uh, I was <laughs> expecting to do a lot faster, but um, yeah, I'm still happy with it. I did struggle. Uh, I did go out pretty, probably too quick. I felt pretty good um, for the 7K. Yeah. And then after the 7K, Started getting stitched up underneath my right hip, right underneath it, uh, the right rib, sorry. Yeah. Right rib cage is stitching a bit. So when I saw you, Wooly, I mentioned that I had to stitch um, and trying to get those uh, drinks and that gel into me um, felt That's pretty tough, bloated. Tough time to get it into while you got stitched. Yeah, I just felt when, bloated. But, uh, uh, when, did you, uh, when did you last eat before the race? How long before? Oh, the night before, but I ate pretty well. You didn't have any breakfast? No, didn't have any breakfast this morning? Just uh, half a cup of milk. Hey, can I, I'll just tell them about, I'll just tell them about the morning, right? Wax is messaging me the night before and he said, I'm just trying to work out whether I should put, because I was borrowing his bike, the one with the dodgy seat. Is that what he thinks is a good one? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not giving you guys that one again. You can have my real broke. good one. Yeah. Oh. You can have my real, real good one next time. Okay. You're not getting that one. Yeah. Again, yeah. So he's, he's texting me saying, um, I don't know whether to leave the bike outside or, or, or um, just get up and give it to you. And I said, put it outside because I'll be, early. I'm coming through early because I'm running with Kim and Matt. And um, I said, plus I'm watching Netflix on my phone. So I didn't want to keep replying. <laughs> and then, um, so I get to Brad's at like 10 to five. That's why I didn't text you back. Cause I knew you were going to be going to sleep. And I'm like, did a full perimeter check of his house with the torch on and everything. I'm like, where's this bike? And there was like this old pink girl's bike out the back. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's surely that's, that's not the one he wants me to take. <laughs> and I'm like looking at the tires, the tires are all flat. And I'm like, nah, this can't be it. And then he, you, you woke up at, I don't know, what, like 10 past five, five or something? No, uh, five, right on five. I come out at five. 10 past. Well, he walks, the, to, walks to the start line. He lives so close. Yeah, he gave me the bike and I'm like, have you had anything to eat? He's like, nah, not yet. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> I'd have already been down there. like. Was it a six up. o'clock start, wasn't it? Six o'clock start. Yeah. Mind you, you only got two minute drive to get there, to be fair. But, yeah, two minutes. So, yeah, I threw the bike on. 
and um, got down there and run with the boys. And when I did actually see you for that first drink, was that was at about 7K, wasn't it? Yeah. Like I looked and seen you from about 300 meters away and you were like holding your side, like you were holding yeah, your rib. And I never got the stitch as well. All this, I've had 13 weeks good training. No, you know, we're all stuck into it. But I think if I just taper off a bit um, and relax a bit more beforehand, because I really haven't, like I've had a few good runs, but I never trained this hard. So I think if I just, if I just keep that in mind, you know, it should come together pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have learned a lot, but um, you know, I really haven't put 13 weeks of you know 60 to 70 k, you know, between 50 and 70 k of 13 week training. But um, you know, oh, I do, just reckon you're just you so know, excited. You've just run yeah, too well, much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just put. Yeah. I'll I'll put a few more speed sessions in. Um, you know, maybe a couple of hills there, but like uh, really relax. Yeah. Good. You're not a week out, but um, definitely four days. Just be real fresh and just go then cool yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah, that's what I that's what I would recommend to anyone. Um, yeah, each to their own, but that's what I experience. Um, that stitch I never get the stitch barely ever. Uh, it sort of try it's, it's taking me about the uh, I bit five k mark. I was looking at my watch and um, I actually got a ten k PB. Wasn't going yeah. for it, of course, but yeah. Got a 10k 44 minutes something. Um, so I thought, well, I'm doing okay. So you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna get a 10k PB here. I'm struggling, but yeah, I'll take that on the. Uh, I'll take that any day. Yeah. yeah, like you run a PB, so you can't be like too gutted. But I just reckon you can run heaps quicker than that. Yeah, probably. Uh, I'll just look at it differently. Um, probably won't start off as quick. Um, that that 130 uh, pace old Steve Stephen was there. Uh, from the Brisbane Roadrunners. Yeah, um, Stephen yeah, Butcher. Stephen he's Butcher. a really good Butcher. runner. Yeah, he's yep. cool. He's a, I know him as well. He's a great guy. We we always have a good chat. I know him from the park run. Um, we had a good chat in the morning as well before the race. Uh, I told him I'd try and keep him in my sights, and I had him there. You know, um, probably after about the 7K mark, they started to get off a little bit, and I sort of tapered back yeah. and them with that stitch. So, you know... And all in all, it was a good day. Uh, big learning lesson, and I uh, look forward to the next one. And with all this training I'm doing, it's, it's got to be around the corner somewhere, even with the five Ks. Yeah, yeah mate. You just got to keep keep the momentum going. You'll be right. I reckon. I honestly reckon that you're just getting so fit that you just got too excited and you just went a bit too hard on the day before. Like, yeah, you yeah, should have just run like 20, 30 minutes, just jog, like just a jog, real real slow but you've just gone a bit too quick i reckon and probably your legs carrying a bit of fatigue in that yeah, I, I looked at a lot I, t- I, t- I talked to a wax after his run this morning on my way home and um i looked at it a little bit different to that i, I sort of thought yeah. my pb at jetty yeah. jetty last year me and a guy from the kabulcha road runners and north lakes park run we both agreed that we we're going to run 430 splits the whole way right and we run together for 15 k's and which is about the Redcliffe Pier on the way back. And I said, yeah. oh, that's it. As we go down the hill towards um, the Sutton's foreshore, I just went, I'm going to go for it from here. So that yeah. last six, I hit it out by myself at as maximum as I could go and negative split that second half of the run. Wax, 
also agrees last year he run with your dad steve so he had someone that he could keep in sight that whole run yeah. for the, and i remember passing them on the way back after the turnaround and wax was only probably 10 or 20 meters behind your dad so he could still see him as someone that he could follow you know what i mean so and before before the run we all talk and go what sort of time you're going to run you know what i mean so wax sort mm. of thought oh if i can stick with him um this is how it's going to go and they finished pretty close last year your dad sort of sped off in the end but wax obviously held on for about 15k last year this year he didn't have anyone to run with he was running solo yeah as far yeah. as there was a girl from your park run robin what's her name yeah yeah so robin as a robin wilson i think so yeah but she was behind you when i saw it. so she caught you and um yeah. so you didn't you still couldn't even pace off her because she was behind you the whole way so yeah. basically wax run by himself all the and photos I I took of him yeah is by himself that whole and i said that to thing. myself you know it's like sorry no but i said to myself you know uh, you know like it's a it's a really lonely sport anyway and i had i was saying that to myself yeah. and i just said you know just keep going but and and remember too um you know you'd be lucky if i got 20k in a week training before you know yeah and then um you know i'm up 60 you know close to 70 now so you know it's give and take but um you know uh i could see um woolly's dad old jeremy woolly great yeah. runner, great guy you know i had him there and i didn't want him to let him get away as well so yeah exactly i had that to so, play off and you know this sort of time i was sort of leading my own way you know that i spoke to liam from the striders afterwards and he run with the 130 pace group and they went out way too hard Yes. So yeah. you, what might have happened was you might have got dragged along. You know, you might have even given them 50 metres in front of you, but yeah. they were going like, oh, I think Too they were hard. like 3.30 pace for the first like yeah. half a K or something. Like, What yeah. pace were you meant to do, Brad? Well, I wanted to stick to – I had a goal to stick into about 4.30, And what would that bring you in, 135? Yeah. Yeah. Close. Yeah. And, and you got to imagine you're running with a legend like – tick woolly if you've got him and you you know that you just um you know like yeah. you go i mean like what's he done 26 marathons how many halves probably fucking double yeah. that and he's yeah. just like clockwork too like yeah and you just know if you if you're gonna run with him near him keep him in sight you're gonna be mm. bang on just and you had that you got that and when you've got that to to follow it's like when mm. i when i was in at the noose of 50 and i was saw nick and I could see, I knew it was Nick because he's bright, like yellowy green shorts on. Um, and then I had that, I've got to beat six hours. So I had that to aim at. But you were just like, oh, I'm, you know, you were going for 135, but you didn't have anyone in front of you to sort of, no you got no pacer with you as well to sit with. So no. and the literally you had no one with gone. you. In, yeah, even well, in the smaller runs, like park run, that same yeah. result happens. Like if you're running and you're by yeah. yourself, all of a sudden you don't have anyone to try and chase down. It changes mm. your whole momentum for that run. Oh, for uh, sure. If you're if you're for sitting sure. behind someone that's like three or four meters in front of you, and I'm going to catch this guy. I'm going to catch this guy, and you yeah. hold on, that will make you run faster. I reckon you'd be the same. So even, even at the front end, the pointy end of the the race, if you've got yeah. two guys in front of you holding on to the second place guy, that's that's the difference between running by yourself and running behind someone. So, I think Wax was in that that same sort of position today, where he's running by himself and sort of. You don't, it's hard to guess your pace and how you feel too. It's, it's totally different yeah. if you. But if you're running off someone that's 
you know, like a Peter Lewis or your dad, where they're just running the yeah. same splits over and over, and you just keep Mate, up with them. So. Exactly. Like the Gold Coast, I knew that I could just switch off because I was running exactly. with Peter. Yeah. So I know yeah. he's going to run the splits. And like I had a shocker at Jetty to Jetty in 2019, I think it was. And coming along that Margate area, you know, where the, you're running along the beach uh, boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was tough. just, I was completely in no man's land. I had someone in front of me by about 200 meters and then someone behind me by a hundred meters. And I was just suffering. Yeah. And it's the worst thing to yeah. try and just keep grinding it out. And yeah, I ended up getting passed by the lead female. And that was like a bit of, a, I tried to jump on the back of her, but I just, I was so cooked by that stage. I just couldn't hold on. Like, yeah. yeah you always a bit hard. confusing too at that stage. You join all the five and 10K people too. So running yeah, back up over Scott's true. point. So the people that you were trying mm. to catch now becomes 10 times because yeah. there's like that many more runners. And, and, and wasn't there a still. sea of people when you come so through many. there? Oh man, it was like oh. thousands of people. There's a lot of people around that 140 to two hour mark in there. That's probably yep. your average kind of, but Nath, when they got it, when they had about six k to go, the ten k runners oh, came on shit. the course. Yeah, so like, they sort yeah. of coming around a U turn, and mm. so they're all running on the same road. And it was like there's literally yeah. thousands of people just like so you got guys sprinting past the half yeah, and runners, and yeah, it's a shame they to... couldn't do it. So it's a bit like could split it. So these ten k shoot off fifteen minutes before the the twelve. Yeah. 21k the half and then you know that they're not going to be any only the slow ones are going to get caught mm. if that happens you know but yeah, yeah it's i think the year i did it, it they started it later so you didn't i remember when we were coming down towards the end they'd only just started so they weren't sort of crossing it's over the same with i think noosa noosa when they did the trail thing they did a 10 a 15 or 30 fucking you know whatever um and that the BTU that are 10, 20, 30, 60, 110, 100 miler. But they still started quite late, the, the 10, 20, and 30s, because mm. people were finishing in the dark, apparently. So, um, yeah, you just, it, it must be really hard to try and coordinate to go, okay, let's think worst case scenario, slowest runner going to be this time. They're going to get caught up with yeah. all this and that. Did you yeah. have a timing chip on your, um, on yeah. your bib? Yeah. Yeah. This is what I wanted to talk about when I talk about some results. That Tammy was, a low... Tammy was watching your splits, Brad. On she was getting your splits yeah. on the on the website. Yeah. 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 See, if you've got a, a chip on you and you go over a timing mat, then you can um, uh, you know where everyone is. And the same at BTU, there was a timing mat all over the place. Uh, and you think, crikey, how come someone ain't nicked this? Because there was one in Barden as you came off the trail. But I think it may have been chained to a post. But bad water, it appeared, didn't have any timing mats. And mm. you think that would be a dead set oh, race, one of the hardest races in the world to have timing mats. Strange. But at least then you can show people didn't go off course and haven't jumped on a bus like we were talking about earlier. Track's done really well, given all that circumstances, to get a PB regardless <clears throat> of his how he felt today. Yeah. Plus, you know, running by himself for so long um, and then joining that group and – I think there was a little fade there at around that 15, 16K, but he still finished mm. strong. So to get a, a PB, I know it's nine <laughs> seconds, but it's still a PB. Yeah. And your learnings, <laughs> and your learnings, obviously, you said you wouldn't have run the day before. I think as yeah. well, you might have felt a bit shit because you didn't have any energy. You might have run out of 
energy yeah. stores a bit. Got to get up earlier, man. Getting up towards, yeah. Because That's your nice glycogen week. stores in your liver and muscles are probably getting towards the end. That you've used a lot of them during the night, and then you, and then you've, um, then you, you're sort of dying out as you're getting towards that towards yeah, the end of the race. That, um, that stitch put me off guard because I would never got one. In that it might have been that milk. Could have been yeah, that, that milk. Was, that was about yeah. half a glass. Going for your but, stomach, um, then went for your duodenum, and that's where that comes over on your right side. So if you said it's on your right, yeah, the duodenum right comes the out, goes there, and then goes down. So that would be probably where it might be processing. You know, then I had to go to the um, bathroom too, but I just – I thought I was going to have a real shocker. I thought I might have to go um, – do a number two and run off and come back. But I just thought, no, I just, if I'm going to do this, I'm in trouble because I'm going to lose some yeah. momentum here. Um, yeah. But that played at me about the 7K mark. And then I got rid of that. And then about the 15, 16K mark, I thought I might be at a bathroom as well. So I thought, and I might do the drinks a bit differently too, Willie, like um, after that hill, maybe, because that was quite brutal this time around. Last time around, I, I passed about three people going up there. And this time around, I, uh, I, I really struggled on that. And I wanted to start walking, but I just didn't. Because by then, to be honest, Robin had passed me, um, Spartan. Mm. Uh, and um, I could go off her. And I thought, man, if I let her, if I, if I start walking now, mm. they're going to get away. And I know she's around at 136 marks. So I thought, I've got to try and keep her at least now that she's ahead of me. Because yeah. they would have been, I would have been ahead of them. They would have been going off me, see. There's no way around it because she knows me. We know each other from Rip if we talk all the time. If you yeah. had to, if you felt like you needed to stop and have a walk, then you must, there must have been, that's pretty like something. You might think phys physically, it might be something wrong for you to actually think because you shouldn't, it shouldn't really come into your psyche. Yeah. Oh, I've got to stop and walk unless you've, you know, you, you've done yeah, it, so doing a whole marathon fast. Well done, Brad. That's um, yeah. we'll see you. Um, see what you enter for the next one, and um, yeah, sunny coast, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Sunny coast. I hit you right. Probably hit Daniel up for a ride up to sunny coast. But appreciate that, lads. And uh, I'll I'll be um, planning it out better for the next one. Yeah, great job today. Good shit. And uh, just jumped in the Zoom. We've got this week's special guest, Noel McBurney. Welcome yes. to the show, Noel. Thanks, no. Thanks, guys. No, we've we've spoke about you on the podcast a few times. I've talked about your um, like technique classes that we've done at Nudgy College and stuff like that. But mm. you've got like a really interesting story yourself. Do you want to just? I mean, we've got all night. We can talk as long as you want. <laughs> what's yeah. your, What's your story really with athletics and running? Oh, I mean. I'm now pushing over the half century mark from an age point of view, but I guess it stems back to my juniors. Um, I sort of, when I was at school in Melbourne as a young teenager, I was sort of like in that top one or two, I guess, of my school. Um, and, but then I went overseas to live for a little while and um, lived in Malaysia because um, my stepfather was in the air force and it sort of, uh, the level of competition is not there, but I was breaking every single record and um, that was in the club. But I guess one thing that I always walked away from when I was over there, a guy said to me, oh, one day, if you really want to, you could be a, an Olympic decathlete. But 
um, I just went, yeah, no way. Uh, there's no chance I could ever sort of do something like that. But it was sort of based off one race and um, it was an 800 metres I did. I did two, I think 216 or 213 on a 160 metre heavy grass track in a bare feet as a 15 year old boy. Yeah. And yeah, and like I'd gone from a 320 down to a 216, I think it was in, in the space of 12 months. And this guy said, geez, you can run, you know, and then I came back to Australia. Competition was really good. Went to um, uh, my school. Interestingly enough, one day um, they said athletics carnival was on and I had a really bad cross country in the months leading up to it. But I think just coming from the heat environment back into Queensland winters when I moved back to Australia, it was really hard to sort of transition into that endurance type of running. But I ended up winning at my school, my 100, 200, second and 400, second, 800 and third and the 1500 all in one day. Wow. And that's sort of that's that's sort of when I knew I could actually run. So um, you got speed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, had speed. So and then I went on to uh, I made it to states. Funny enough, for fifteen hundred, I made it to the state semis for fifteen hundred. I think around four twenty nine or something. Um, and I was third in 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 the in the school meet, which was sort of weird because we sort of won the school meet first, second, and third. Then we were first, second, and third in the. I guess in in the districts and then onto the state semis after that. And my running after I left home not long later and joined the army and I didn't really run again until I think about five years later. I was living in Townsville and I sort of you know had got got off the rails a little bit, caught up in the wrong crowd, and I knew I needed to straighten myself out. And otherwise, the boys would kick me out. And found an athletics club and Bob's your uncle got into it. And sort of within the first um, year or so, I was. Um, selected to represent Queensland and race at the Arafura Games in Darwin. I wasn't a, a great 400-metre runner, but I got into the 4x4 relay team and we ended up winning a, a silver medal behind the Papua New Guinea team. So that was sort of like, a, I, I guess, a stepping stone to the big time that, you know, you have a bit of self-belief, as you guys know. What sort of um, time I, frame is this? Like, what sort of era? Uh, 1993, that was. Yeah, so that my sort of I took up the sport in early 1992. So I'd sort of been out of it for five years, and I had had basic fitness. Like I was running 18s, high 18s in the army for our battle fitness assessment. So my fitness was there. Like for 5Ks, I could easily do, you know, high 18s, no worries, no training, just yeah. our general fitness training. But it was just the speed I wasn't able to transfer. But we were doing a lot of aerobic work as well. So, but yeah, that was. I guess so what a, the international state sort of level career started to go where you sort of get, um, you're starting to race with people if that sort of helps. Yeah. yeah. And um, from there, 95, I went back to Darwin again with the state team and I was favourite to win the 200 final. Um, but silly enough, I entered a couple of other races because I had an opportunity there to, where I thought I could medal and I shouldn't have and I ended up losing a medal by, I think it was 0.01 of a second. Oh, so, um, but that's, it's what it is. I went back, you know, uh, 99, four years later and got two bronze. So I was pretty, pretty stoked with that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was the pinnacle of my running career was 99. Like 99 was, as, as I probably spoke to you, Steve, as I, I had the opportunity, I was with a high performance squad in Brizzy. We won a state silver medal in a four by 200 in early 99 and, a couple of guys um, went on to become Olympians in that team, that relay team. So that was a guy called Blair Young who made the semis of the four hurdles and 
Jarrell Wilson, he made, I think it was uh, 200 quarters <laughs> in Sydney. So this was part of our, and Anton, who was with me, I was training with, he ended up making the four by 400 Australian relay team about, I think it was 2001. But that was our four, our four by 200 team in, in 99 and we ended up winning a silver medal and which was good for the state, you know, in state competition. And then I went to, I got the opportunity to train with Kathy Freeman, as I've talked about after that. And um, so Kathy and I trained together, I think it was April 99 down the Gold Coast, a session we had down there together and just learned so much, you know, from being around people that were so good, especially our coach, Peter Fortune. It's, it's as you guys know, self-belief is absolutely everything. And, um, and then I went on to Darwin and I guess... The biggest thing in Darwin was my 400 relay. I actually arrived in Darwin. I didn't know this until I got back to Brisbane, but I had three stress fractures in my right leg. Oh. <laughs> and and um, I, I had to limit my training going into the race and the meet. And I bombed out in the early stages of the 200 and 400, but sort of the speed started to come back um, as, the, as the meet went on because I got some race practice under my skin because I hadn't been able to, able to train at speed. And... Um, so I ended up in the 4x100, I actually was the fourth relay runner and I, I actually caught the guy that won the silver medal in, um, in the 100 flat, wow. which was, and I was just like, Why, where was this, you know, like sort of where was this? But that's just, you know, the, the, it's the deal, what you go through and as, a, as an athlete, as you guys are aware of. And then I raced in the 4x400 um, final and the guy I was up against, yeah, Steve? Oh, I got a quick question. So when you say athletes, we're not all athletes. <laughs> some, no, of us, all... some of us oh. are the slower end of the speed, some of the middle and some of the, the forefront of um, getting rocket boosters strapped to their ass and going faster. But, <laughs> um, I, I reckon yeah. going back way back to when you were a kid, is it genetics, you reckon, Noel, that it give you those legs? Because I didn't start running until I was 39 at all i come from a baseball background i was a pitcher so i used to get someone used to bat for me in the, in when mm. i was playing in the in the a grade mm. and stuff someone would bat for me i sit on the bench someone would bat i go back out and throw hard again so i didn't yeah. run at all my warm-up was probably like a, a lap of the oval and mm. um and basically roll my arm over so i didn't start running till i was 39 um and currently really enjoying my, my running at the moment but mm. do you reckon genetics over everything your parents fast and brother and sisters if you have any my brother's pretty quick. Like he's played a lot of state soccer, like for the army side and things like that. But um, yep. my mum, if she was here, like I don't really, we don't really talk to each other, but she would say it to her. But no, my dad, my dad, um, interestingly enough, my late father, um, I never really knew him. But in the time I got to know him, he was actually at the age of 16, was selected to play for New South Wales in ice hockey as a yeah. goalkeeper. And he did. And he did. So this was open men's I'm talking about at 16 years of age. He's only five foot two, you know, and it's probably one of the toughest games you can ever play. And yeah. to, you have to be able to skate. And that's just, uh, to me, that's fast twitch fibers straight away yeah, to be yeah, a, yeah. You know, speeding around the rink and high aerobic capacity when you need to, anaerobic capacity, all those type of things. So genetically, I think it comes from my father, but also yeah. my dad's brother is John Dawson. A lot of people who don't follow rugby league wouldn't know this guy. Um, but John Dawson, my uncle, I never met him, actually. He played in the Arthur Summons Norm Proven Grand Final as the hooker for West Tiger, or for Western Suburbs. 
So I guess the yeah. genetic background comes from my father's side. Definitely. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good athletes. And it was my childhood didn't really give me the opportunity to grow with these guys and sort of expand a few things for whatever those reasons were. But yeah, it definitely stems back to them. And I know where you're coming from. It's, mm. It is a bit genetic, yeah. Definitely. And that will to sort of want to be successful, I guess, at what you do. Yeah. Cool. Some people are just yeah. quick, aren't they? Like some people can just sprint and people like me just can't. But I was good at the longer distance stuff. But like for an example, a bloke I used to work with, Chappie, he got mm. into running a couple of years ago. And when we would go to Nudgee College, he would just blitz everyone when we were doing the 200s mm. and stuff like that. Mm. And he wasn't fit at all, but he just had that leg. He could just turn his legs over. Mm. Mm. They say that you can only actually improve your natural speed by 10%. Yeah. So whatever you, you know, you train to, and then you have specific training, 10% on top of that is what your capacity is. Yeah, I heard but, also there's a time frame too on that. So if you don't reach your um, maximum speed by of 10% by a certain time, you'll never go faster than that. So... Yeah, well, you need to develop. You need to develop the fast twitch fibers. I mean, you can, I, can, I guess you can now. Science is sort of starting to show that, you know, through different types of gym training and explosive training, there's a lot of, there's a couple of guys you can follow on Instagram that are very good at explaining that. Um, but once again, I think your 10% was probably going to be less speed, as you're saying. Yeah. But it's still, yeah. you still can improve your speed, yeah, but not rule, not rule speed. Yeah. But yeah, so... I guess back to that running thing, Darwin was, I, I, I had the, I, I got the baton, funny enough, in, I think it was fifth place. And it was the fastest 400 run. I think someone said around about 48.9 or 48.7 that night. Oh, jeez. And the guy that it was, he was 200. 20 meters in front of me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a 200 rep, yeah, these days yeah. for us guys, isn't it? But yeah, I got the baton and the guy I was chasing was James Dolphin. James actually was the New Zealand, he had the, the baton for New Zealand at the time. And he went on to 2004 Athens Olympics uh, for the 200. So I caught him, I actually caught him by the back end of the back straight. So after 200 meters, I just went for it. I thought, if you blow up, who cares? You know, um, we're not meant to win a medal. And, and funny enough, I gave it to, I think I gave it over in fourth place. And um, lo and behold, our final runner ran an unbelievably good leg and we ended up walking away with the bronze it was just just one of those nights that was meant to be and that was sort of it for me um i went back to brizzy and had found out i had three stress fractures in my in my tibia and had seven months of not being able to run then i tried back for the sydney olympics and um the trials and just didn't run well and, and walked away from the sport disheartened at, at 30 years of age but i wasn't going to make it you know, I wasn't quick enough. You had to be running, you know, 45 eights, 45 sixes to have any chance of even thinking, looking and getting into that squad. And I trained with three of the guys that were in the squad. So yeah. there, was, there, was, there was no chance. So that would have been no, the 2000 Olympics. Is that right? That's 2000 Olympics, yep, in Sydney. Correct. Yeah. No, what do you think it was that you couldn't get, get back? Why you couldn't get back? You just think you'd, that, that bubble of time that you had, you're sort of getting towards the end of it or you put a finger on it maybe yeah it's more it's an age thing people coming through in their 20s are like it's just it's the time you've got to put into it Do you know and recovery like time and everything as well yeah just the whole lot like i don't i didn't 
I didn't really have the sort of coaching knowledge and experience of what I have today. Like, I think it's just one of those things where as we get older, we learn so much more and there's so much more that's accessible by the internet now. None of that existed back then. Mm -hmm. So, and I think the coaching and stuff of today has just gone through the roof compared to back then as well. That was a lot of old school stuff. Well, very scientific now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. I, I totally agree. And um, I just, I think if it was now, it'd be different compared to then. That's just, that's just how I see it from my past. Yeah. Unless you're Courtney DeWalter and she does it only has a Casio watch and just runs <laughs> for time and does yeah. her own training plan. Like yeah. <laughs> how she yeah. manages yeah. it. I don't know, but yeah, I think that's a one, that's just a very rare kind of athlete that you find mm. like, like that. Yeah. Well, I remember my time, like I was running around with a stopwatch in my hand, not on my wrist is in my hand. Yeah. And I had a heart yeah. rate monitor, which I only did my one. Like the, yeah, it, yeah. It, exactly. Which we still use today at track meets and, and yeah, I just did. That. Well, the coach would be on it. You wouldn't have the stop. Well, you just run. The coach would be shouting like 32, 33, at the, yeah, 200 meters. Or something yeah, like all that. yelling and screaming. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But, yeah. but that was sort of, yeah. The, and then I walked away. I never ran again until 2014. So wow. Like, oh, really? Jeez, what brought you back? What brought yeah. you back into running? Um, Scales, mate. Scales. <laughs> <laughs> And so you were yeah. coming back, you were, were you going to go and hit the track again or were you thinking, you know, I'm just going to go for sort of like five, 10 case kind of stuff? I, I set up, no, I set up three little goals in one year. One was, um, was actually to have a corporate fight because my father-in-law was um, Australian waterway champion. Okay. And um, he was just talking about boxing and I'd done a couple of like sort of amateur things as a kid, you know, like with the military, like not, I wouldn't call it amateur, just put the gloves on, here's a boxing night and there we go. So, but. I decided to give one of those a go and that I knew straight away I was going to lose some weight, wasn't it? And and from there, the second goal was to run a half marathon that year. And the other one was to climb this peak and down at Mount Barney and I ended up doing all three of them. So I guess that sort of transcended into getting that fitness back again. And I think I ran at Jetty to Jetty. Yes, Brad. Yes, Jetty to Jetty on the old course. And yeah. I think I ran... I wanted to break two hours around two. I went out rock hard. I was blown up by 6K because I didn't have a watch and know anything and ended up running two hours and I think 36 seconds. So it was a bit oh, heartbreaking, but, but that's what it is. You know, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know much about the sport at the time. But yeah, that's what sort of Mount Barney, pick a really dangerous mountain to climb and climb it. Yeah. Um, I had, yeah, I was sort of getting involved in a bit of mountaineering at the time. So that was sort of. It's uh, a pretty gnarly one I've heard. It's a. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually lost a, a good friend of mine on there in, I think, 20, when it's, I think he lost his life in 2018, 2019. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, if, yeah. So he, he was sort of a mentor to a few of the guys down there. And um, he was an exceptional uh, man, beautiful man, great climber, taught a lot of people what to do. And yeah, we're about to climb Mount Cook actually at the end of the year. And um, I just sit at home and, why is this so quiet? You know, there's nothing's come up on social media about his, you know, his weekend of climbing there, and all of a sudden, I read on the news it's him. So what happened? What did, did he? For, yeah. Um. So you, I don't know whether you guys you guys know much about Mount Barney and nah, sort of nah. what it is. Mount Barney's got multiple access routes. Like there's Logan's Ridge, there's the Southeast Ridge, there's um. There's another track, there's the gorge and, and many different things. So he used to guide a lot of people up Logan's. Like he'd actually done Logan's three times in a row. I'm talking 24 hours nonstop push, you know, up and down, up and down, carrying 30 kilos. He could, he was just that strong. And 
one day took a couple of clients up and um, they used to abseil down the governor. The governor's 300 and I think 330, 380 meter abseil back down where you can climb it up as a technical climb, which is the face of Mount Barney. And apparently on the first pitch, he went through the rope on the way down, went straight through it, fell 300. Whoa. No way. Wow. Yeah, they didn't hear a thing. So it was really, it's an really error. sad. Yeah, error from a professional and he was a professional. So sorry, was, was no one belaying him? Or was he no, not, because, he wasn't rock climbing? No, he wasn't rock climbing. So what they did, they climbed up Logan's and then tra- traversed across. And then the intention was, was to abseil down the governor, yeah. um, which is a three-point down climb and um, 100 metres each time. And he went straight through straight through the rope. I think I've read before, most of those access points are all southwestern sides. So they say on the colder mornings where there's a dew point or wet weather or anything, that mountain's inaccessible. Is that right? It is to it, be an experienced climber. I've been up there when it, you can't see. But if, you, yeah. if you're up there, you have to know where you're going yeah. because you can you can fall. Like it, it's a massive plateau up there, but yeah. it's so much bush that you can't see like visual points. Um, I've been up four different ways and each one of them will test you every single time. Yeah. Um, and But it's good training. It's a great training ground. Yeah, yeah, but um, lots to learn from it. Yeah, I've only done the Glasshouse Mountains, and a friend of mine that took me up Tibrigargan was saying and you have oh, to do hard. Mount Barney one time after yeah. doing Tibrigargan. But um, I don't think I've done anything since that one. I sort of got into running, and that was it. Yeah. Well, the guy that I was talking about, Steve, um, do you know Biwa, the western yeah. site? You know, you've got the big church bells that you yeah, go yeah. up. He's actually solo climbed up underneath that. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that was there's some dangerous routes on some of the Glasshouse Mountains, and actually quite very dangerous. Like, um, I've done Gungun and I think Vibra and like running up them and that, but yeah, yeah, Matilda said, Oh, that one's like, I said, Oh, let's go and do a tip of Gaga, and she's like, Oh, nah, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, tip of Gaga is like mountain climbing without a harness, basically. Beer was probably the harder one of them because it's a it's a longer trek to get to the top. Um, mm-hmm. Tibra Gargan's all over. You know, it's you climb, get past Chicken Rock, they call it. Once you get past there, you have to commit. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and it's a steep climb up and, and also getting down. I think the first time I did it, I was like, how the hell? You just look over the side and go, whoa, and, you, and you're sort of crab crawling down because it just mm-hmm. feels like you're, yeah. you're sort of momentum's looking down all the time. But I think beer mm-hmm. was harder. I think beer was like, um, was a longer trek and um, really hard at the top. Yeah, well done, Wax. Catch you later, Wax. Awesome, yeah. See you, brothers. See you, mate. Cheers and all. See you next time. Yeah, yeah thanks, yeah. buddy. Good to see you. You too, brothers. See yeah. you, brother. See you guys. So now, what are you, Noel, what are you doing now a days with your running and everything, training? And that? Well, I just, um, I was about four weeks ago, I finished, no, how long would it be? It'd be about four weeks, I finished Cairns Ironman. Okay. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. yeah, how did you yeah, get into triathlons from running? Um, well, what it was, when I started the running, um, I went over to New Zealand on a climbing trip um, and I met three people over there who were my sort of buddies on this big climbing expedition and they were all triathletes <laughs> and cyclists. So when I came back in 20, I think it's 2015, I put a push bike in, in 2016 and started riding with a, a group down at Brendale and, then all of a sudden I thought, well, you know what? I did a little triathlon as a kid. Why not give it a go again? And hell, you know, at 2018 was my first try. And 2019, I did my first half Ironman. 
So not that very mess around. Holy shit. No, no, I don't muck around. I should have done a lot more earlier stuff, but that's just me. So could you swim naturally or? No, I was, I was pretty solid as a swimmer as a kid. Like I did quite well at school. I sort of made it through to, you know, the next levels each time. So, and I had a swimming club just before I joined the army I was part of. So it was just a case of getting the mileage back up, but I'd only swum hundred meters, you know, 200 meters, not 1.9 Ks or 3.8 Ks in open water. I'd never, ever done that in my life. So it was a whole new learning experience. So where yeah. was the first half Ironman? Uh, Port Macquarie. Um, so that's a river swim and then a, a quite a challenging bike course. It's quite hilly and dead roads, which means the bike doesn't roll very well. And my legs weren't strong enough and I cramped quite heavily actually coming back into port. And then the run was, it's got a little hill in it, three loop course, you know, seven Ks each time. And I think I did six hours, 47 or something, which is like nearly two hours beyond the winner. But it was just something to learn from. We spoke about this after the Gold Coast Marathon. What What do you reckon, Noel, about like muscle cramping and muscle fatigue? Like, I reckon they get the two get confused a little bit. What do you reckon? Like, you know, a cramp's a cramp, but a lot of people say, "Oh, I was cramping up at thirty five k into the marathon," but because like, their legs were just cramped. Yeah. <laughs> Two, two was it things, a magnesium I, sort of was it an electrolyte based cramp or was it just the muscle is just gone fatigued yeah. sort mm. of cramp because of my blowout like my cans like steve you saw my cans prep it was it was it was nailed like i should have gone a lot quicker than i did and i had a lot of health issues in the race um based around cramping and i've since i've been back i've been talking to some people from pillar performance i've been reading some articles from steven sealer and um getting back into like trying to learn why this keeps happening to me and um the two things i've got out of it one is your magnesium loading in the months leading into your race we don't actually do enough of it in fact i've actually just done my order for pillar magnesium before we actually went online so i'll go on that for you know the next eight weeks and before my next race and um see how that goes so that loads that up also the thing i've worked out is having too much sodium in your body can also cramp as well. Makes you pee a lot. I, I found funny um, that I've always done a lot of magnesium. It's getting the right one. Otherwise you can cause mm. diarrhea. It's really good yeah. for, if you've got yeah. constipation, I found a really mm. good one with the Swiss ultra boost one. And mm. I actually take one magnesium before I go to bed every night because yeah. it just helps me sleep. It's a muscle relaxant because I get itch, I get like fidgety legs. And that's the first, yeah. if you go to the doctor, he'll, he'll say magnesium for, for fidgety mm. legs. But I leading up to say, the ultra last week every morning i'll take a magnesium as well as my multivitamin mm. and one at night yeah. um Good. and i found that i started a many years ago when i was doing 24-hour mountain bike races i started a um a product i won't name it and the mag the sodium was like 300 milligrams per serve and mm. i'd been fine in the race until or you know an hour into the race no problem start that drink all of a sudden i'd be peeing like every lap like every mm. half hour, I'd have stopped the pee. And uh, yeah. and it wasn't until I worked out it was the amount of sodium in it was actually causing me to flush it out. And I was just peeing. Mm. I was actually dehydrating because I was taking so much sodium. So now I take mm. drinks that are very low in sodium. No problem at all. Yeah. yeah. I've actually just changed over from um, back to kind of fix because it's got less sodium. 
and yeah. I'm finding I'm going to the toilet a lot more post-rides and I'm actually retaining more fluid, which means yeah. I should naturally not cramp as much. Yeah. The other bit that I, I know Paul Gourlay, I love listening to Paul talk and there's a lot of stuff in my training that I've changed. I listened to him the other week when you guys had the Terra Tribe discussion and it's about Stephen Sealer. And there's an article, I, 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 there's a podcast I need to listen to fully, but the other one around the cramping, around the muscular side, mm. they're talking about is your durability. So if you're, for example, Nate, you're, you're, you've just come off a long endurance race, but you've also done 24-hour mountain biking. So your body's quite accustomed to long aerobic events. But if you're not tailored to that, then the higher, there's a higher chance of that muscle breakdown, fatigue levels, cramping, the whole lot because of, you don't have the durability. It's not because you're not good enough. Your body's not trained to actually do it. Okay. And that's sort of the one thing that I'm trying to work on at the moment is building the aerobic engine, I guess you could say, around the speed that's already there. So you were more of an anaerobic kind of guy with your sprinting and that. You yes. built probably if I met you in real life, you look like quite a thick set guy. I reckon, you know, like I'm six foot one and uh, mm. sort of almost skinny as a rake at 74 mm. kilos, but yeah. you look like quite a solid thick neck kind of kind of guy. And, and you're probably built as that sprinter. Mm. Um, and, and it's as we, you know, we change as we sort of age and start yeah. changing different sports, but mm. yeah, it, it, it probably, you did so many years at that. You're now trying to change, yeah. um, from a formula yeah. one car into almost like a thoroughbred racehorse, you know, it is exactly sort of around that. You could say that I, um, I actually was thinking this the other day, I need to not be a formula one car and I actually need to get ready to, you know, race bath is 24 hour, you know, yeah. cause that's pretty yeah, much yeah. what it's like. You're changing. You're still going to be quick, but you can't, you've got to, be able to go longer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a real fine line. And I think the only way to do that is just through that aerobic conditioning. So with all the um the factors of this nutrition and your um obviously fixing cramping issues, how do you know all these disciplines are going to go together in that one day? Like you yeah. don't train, you don't ever train and do all three together. You do. I sort of watched you up to the Ironman. You do two of one or one plus one instead of three. You know what I mean? You do a swim yeah. and a bike, or a swim and a run, or a run and a bike, yeah. or or yeah. two runs. You know what I mean? So how do you know that's all going to work for you? And I know. Not saying you did an awesome run. I don't know how you did 42 k's after a 180 k ride and a 3.8 k swim. We talked about yeah. it on the night and just went, "Wow, that's that's impressive." Just finishing, and it looked like you had a bit of cramping issues at 35 k's. But who doesn't? Like obviously Steve Woolley's marathon. There were so many people that were just slightly slower, mm. you know, around that 3:30 sort of mark, three hours 30, that were having cramping mm. issues the same. But they didn't do that bike ride or that swim beforehand. How do you know yeah. it's all going to come together on the day? Well, we sat down the day before and we Alec, we talked about what we thought I could actually do in the race. And like my swim was targeted at 105 to 110 and I did 113. But That's I actually an hour, hour and 10 of yeah. swimming. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I actually got my first cramps at two and a half Ks in the swim in my calves. So I knew something yeah. was wrong. Well, I knew something was wrong already. Yeah. And that was sort of, oh, great. We're in for a long day. And then I got out of the water and straight away, I went to one of my bottles, which had, uh, what was it? 1200 milligrams of sodium and hundred grams of carbs. And I knocked it back in 20 minutes. So I was already actually depleted of food. Eating it. Yep. 
Yeah. So I was needing it and had a gel. So I, I, I put down my next hour of food <coughs> and a bit was already in my body after 20 minutes on the bike. And I wasn't even pushing the pace because mm. something was already, I had got something wrong in the 24 or 48 hours, whatever it was, lead up to the race and on the morning. I, I didn't have enough breakfast either. So yeah. these are, then the bike was meant to hold, I think it was like, you probably don't understand this sort of language, but 150 to 170 watts, which would have brought me in around about the five hours, 55, six hours on the bike, which should have left me enough. Good. 30 yeah, k's an hour. Yeah. 30 k's an hour. Most guys in my age group are doing five, just over five hours actually. And I knew I was going to be over, just over an hour behind them when I got off the bike. But what we were banking on that I would drop a 335, 345 marathon off the bike. And I'd be able to, because the training reflected I could hold 505, 510 quite easily. Yeah. But the cramps I got at 135 on the bike and then majorly at 179 k's put, put that to bed. So yeah. um, the, the legs were gone. So that's, I think, I put that down to two things that we talked about a little bit earlier. One was um, the nutritional side of it, the sodium, too much sodium. Then what happened is I started not taking anything because I had too much sodium, which then I'm not getting enough carbs on board. So then that's why the major cramps come in. But also I think it has a lot to do with that durability and that, that aerobic engine not having the, the ability to sustain that. Even though I had a perfect 16-week program, it's the only time I've ever trained for that event. Yeah. If I've been doing that for six years, well, I think it would have been a different kettle of fish. Yeah, more background. I'd love to do it. I'd love to do I've said it before. I'd love mm-hmm. to do an Ironman, but I just, um, me and swimming are like, uh, are like lead weights on a fishing line. Um, I go along the water like this rather than oh, okay. like that. Um, I was... Yeah, I was like that, I was like that. Trust me. Twenty eighteen. I couldn't think I mean, two hours in the water <laughs> would just be it's two hours of hell. Nightmare. Uh, I did that. I mean, I did the Raby Bay, which is a half sprint triathlon, mm. which uh, sprint triathlon is half the Olympic distance. And I think mm. I did seven hundred and fifty meters in the. It took me fifteen minutes to do seven hundred and fifty meters, and I got out like mm. I'd been at the gym for an hour, and my shoulders. <laughs> Oh, I was like, even the lifeguard came over and goes, are you okay there, mate? I'm like, yeah, yeah fresh stroke. <laughs> yeah. I said to Fraser, I said, where, where is he? I think Fraser said, he's the one doing backstroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, um, like you can improve yeah. it all, yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, Noel, um, being a running group here also, Nate, obviously cycling, but most all of us are runners and they yeah, yeah. a lot of um, Muay Thai background. You've, um, we've asked Steve's dad, Tick, Woolly, um, through his ages of running as well, what was the greatest improvement that he remembers from the running shoe side of things? Is there anything you've seen since you were a young fella till now that you, you let everyone else know to get on board? Like, is there, is there a brand of shoe or something that you know that we don't know? Um, I know I'm you're a Salcone person, so yeah, yeah. I always like to say Salcone is awesome. Look, I... I actually was um, in my running day. I was ASICs for my training. Yeah. Um, I would race in Adidas, Spikes, and Mizuno. Yeah. That was sort of where I felt I got the best performance in what I was doing. When I sort of came back to running, I was with ASICs for a while, but then Nike came onto the scene and really sort of changed the evolution of the game with all their super shoes. And, and um, I think. Um, having gone back to Sacconi, which was my original running shoe when I was younger, um, I just I found them much better to run with myself. 
um, yeah. for whatever the reason. Um, but if I was doing a 5K or a 10K hard, I'd, I'd be with vapor flies no matter what. Yeah. They just, they just have you going in just, it feels like a sprinter shoe to me when I put them on, except it's got a bit of sponge on the back of the heel. Yeah. Um, there's been debate and the debate is that I guess everything's personal. Everything is personal and how you, how you do it. Um, I see a lot of people running at six minute K pace in a marathon and seven minute K pace at the Gold Coast in a pair of alpha flies. There's yeah. no benefit to that. There's absolutely no benefit. Mm. Um, and we all get stuck in like Kip Chisay is wearing these shoes so we should all wear because everyone's marketing everything really well. But you've got to find the shoe has to be what you perform your best in. Like I've been recommended not to wear pros in Northern pros when I do an Ironman. But honestly, yeah. I, my legs aren't cooked in those and they feel good, even though they're a carbon plate shoe. But I know if I'm getting going, I can hold that five minutes because of those type of shoe. But everything's a personal preference, but you also got to make sure that it's right for you too. But yeah. We um, we need to do a, a shoe um, episode one week because we um, everyone sort of has their preference. And I think you need like – I have – I'm renowned for trying lots of different shoes. If my partner hears me saying this, she's just going to laugh her, her ass off. But I have tried literally every trail shoe and road shoe out there. And if I was running a marathon or a half, I'd probably run in my Kayanos because I just love yeah. them. Yeah. Um, at trail shoes, I've now found the Hawkers were the speed goats were good, gone to mm. like the north north wave. Steve sort of stuck with Sacconi. And then mm. you're right. I mean, I see people with like that really over pronate in the marathon wearing a pair of vapor flies. And I'm like, you're not doing yourself any favors, but it's like, mm. I've got to have a pair of vapor flies because it's gonna and maybe it's that mental switch, but you don't wonder how much damage you're doing to everything else and hurting yourself. Oh, this was hurting afterwards and that. And, and this, cause oh, if one's wearing a vapor, it's definitely going to make me run faster. Yeah. It is if you do three, four minutes. Okay. But yeah. for, for a slower rise, is it's actually probably going to do you more detriment yeah. than it is good. Totally um, agree. Like I could have worn my vapor flies on the Gold Coast for that half. And I knew I probably would have been five seconds. Okay. Probably quicker, but I knew at the end of it, my legs would be cooked for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you've got to ask yourself, how do you recover? What's your training commitment? What is your A race? If that's yeah. your A race, then yeah. you wear whatever's going to, you're going to blow you've out. You've got to go back to work as well on the Monday and you've got to be able to walk <laughs> and whatever else. And you're like, oh, I can't get, exactly. out, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. It's because that's yeah. who we are. We just, we still got to go to our jobs. This is our hobby, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. In retrospect to that, I was uh, um, I was watching the race today and recording and, and taking a few photos of people. I've seen some terrible foot striking just at that 17K mark. I yeah. don't know whether it's fatigue or whatever, but people's ankles like leaning in, both their yeah. feet like yeah. this facing each other and you just think, how the hell are they going to recover from oh, that? I so thought the same, on your ligaments. Did you we, see that? We were probably looking at the same people, but I was watching people oh. in super shoes that were just blatantly heel striking. And I was mm. thinking... Oh. Yeah, and that's why like it's i found that i was all right doing like 10 20k runs but when you start going past that yeah then I, my feet and hips and everything were really starting to hurt i found a yeah. problem with my foot i never even knew i had until i had an x-ray went to a podiatrist and he said you're not going to be able to run for much longer if you keep yeah. doing that and yeah. i was like well i'm only 47 i still want to run for hopefully another 20 years or so mm. um just do something about it yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you talk about doing a podcast on um, 
like she's I haven't heard her podcast but there's a lady called Renee Kiley she's a pro athlete it's based not far from my home and she's currently in Europe she's actually on her Instagram feed she's done a pod like a, a YouTube on wearing all the different types of shoes and what she thinks I'm right. talking Nike I'm talking Sakoni I'm talking everything Adidas the whole lot wow. being a pro, she's tried everything yeah. so there's some pretty and she's pretty much voicing that back to I guess the everyday person rather than the yeah. profile because she, she they're probably not going to listen to that they, no. they've got their advice from their advisors and what they need to do and their sponsors that they've got one and or who they so, get yeah. who they're sponsored by yeah. yeah exactly right exactly so but no she's done a pretty honest review from my understanding so there's things yeah. out there you know and I think to do something on here would be really good too so yeah, yeah. Thanks. Given, thanks. given that everyone needs to get their, their shoes fitted to find out what sort of shoe they need to run in like a stability or a neutral shoe or under pronation or pronation just find out what shoe they need to run in first and then they got to go yeah. from there so but going back to seeing everyone running <laughs> really like running terrible today obviously they just bought a shoe for the name of it not not mm. getting it because of what they're supposed to be wearing yeah it's interesting to see how many people lose toenails as well just uh, even on like a half marathon um yeah. and i got asked in the week oh how many toenails are you, are you missing now i'm like they're all there i don't have any bruised toes and everything else because you got i got the right size fitting shoe that's right um you know i've got a good thumb at the end of mine i know my foot's gonna swell and it was swollen mm. most of the week both of them yeah. but yeah it's, i think there's a different you take your time to get the right width get the right length and mm -hmm. a shoe that really, you know, not because of the name. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I think, yeah, one of the girls I, in our squad, she's a, an exceptional like track runner still. She, I think, she's done 445 recently for 1500. She, she was wearing Sakoni Guides, I think it was, at the Goldie. She negative splitted that race, actually. I think it was 323. She ran with a 142 out, 141 in. And she said mm. she wore the new shoes. And she said they thought they were good, but they were too tight, she said. She ended up busting her toes up and now she's changing to something else. So, but you've got to try. And I think Nate's hitting the nail on the head. You've got to talk to people about what's right for you. Yeah. And you've got to get a good podiatrist that know what they're talking about. Yeah. You, have you been listening to the podcast? You know how many times Nathan's gone to see someone and sent shoes back and tried shoes on and got this shoe, that shoe, swap <laughs> shoes. Um, this causes that, this causes this. Um, yeah. he's been through a lot and finally he's got something so um, well, been really good the, the last the last two or three weeks he's been really good with his two shoes, pairs of them yeah. there's your podcast already isn't it so prior, prior to that nathan's having all sorts of problems Mate, my poor, my poor partner is just um expects every day when she comes home there's gonna be a new once a week there's gonna be a new pair of shoes but i've stopped now because i don't need to go don't need to yeah. go there. Don't. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. laughing. <laughs> She's laughing. <at> the... <laughs> yeah, it's like a double mortgage in these jobs, and what we do, isn't it? So that's what we always get told: try yeah. double mortgage, you know, because oh. it is. You just go through so much yeah. gear. No, yeah. no, those bloody events that you do, those Ironmans, like the mm. cost of those events is just massive. Yeah, I didn't realize like a thousand dollars to enter in that. Uh, I think about eleven hundred. But you get a good little pack. I mean, oh, come on, though. Fair play that they sort everything out so you can actually go and ride your bike 160, 80K and all that. But you get what do you yeah. get in your pack? Do you get a good um, pack? 
the things you get, like you'll get your finisher medal, you get your finisher t-shirt, I mean, your finisher towel, like you get a massive banquet of food that's in a hall waiting for you when you finish, if you can eat it, if your body hasn't shut down. Full first aid, you need nutrition on the course, the road closures, you get a bag, you know, all, there's a lot of stuff you get. And then on the Monday when the roll down, which is the spots to go to world champs, like we get these what we call Kona tokens or Ironman tokens. And we go to a pub and all this food's put on for us and beers and everything. We just sit around and, and, and celebrate. I like, what the, sound done. I like the sound but of it, that. Honestly, they're, they're, people complain about the cost, but they're a well-drilled event. They are really well-drilled and well-organized. Yep. And you can see yeah, the difference that. between going a low-key one and non-low-key. There's yeah. a big difference. And like I'm going to one in Melbourne, like it's only half distance in January. It's called Challenge Shepherd and, I want to um, race their I want to race their marquee event in um in Germany, I think, in a couple of years' time. And they're supposed to be exceptionally run. And they're not even they're not the same cost, you know, so they're a little bit cheaper. But yeah. so they're probably the two premium events in, in the sort of the triathlon world from a pricing point of view. Well, even looking at doing the one, I think it's a, I think it's the one, the miler at um Mount Kosciuszko, like the Ultra. Miler. I think that's like uh, yeah, 160k, 100 miler. Oh, yeah, I yeah. call it a miler. I think that's yeah. 800 odd bucks just for that. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot of support goes into those events, doesn't yeah. it? So yeah. I, I think that's. You got UTMB uh, points, UTMB stones as well. I think someone so, said to me that when we do an Ironman or a marathon or whatever it is, there's a certain amount of money that they've got to pay the council per cubic mm. meter of road that you use. That's yeah. why our events are so expensive. And it accommodates all different times too. I know you did it in Please, was it twelve yeah. hours, no? Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got to accommodate right. the people doing eighteen hours and the, and and everything yeah. beyond beyond that. So they still got to have the roads closed. They got to wait for everyone to get through. So it's not just the twelve hour people; it's yeah. everyone else too. So with an Ironman, like we have a cutoff. You've got to reach a certain point by a cutoff, and yeah. the bike I think is five thirty p.m. So they can open up because in Cairns they actually shut the Captain Cook Highway from Palm Cove to Port Douglas. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is the this is the most scenic road on a weekend in Australia, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's shut because we want to ride our bikes up and down it a couple of times. And is and there so, a finish time cutoff as well? Yeah, yeah 17, total time. 17, 17.30, I think it is. That must be hard to actually come up to someone and go, "That's it in the bus." Yeah, they must do. be really it's, difficult. Yeah, they pick them up off the course and bring them in. Yeah, but if they cross, if they're on the run and they're not far to go, they let them cross, but they don't get the yeah, and they yeah, get yeah. the joys of it. So it's a, yeah. I, I swore like I shouldn't have finished, but I was told I wouldn't finish. But uh, after the bike, but I just said, you know what, I can walk six hours for a marathon. Jeez. Or I can do a little shuffle, you know, a little Japanese shuffle or whatever they do. And I'll get yeah, there. Run. Well. Walk run. Yeah. Walk run. We <laughs> did last this time last week. Yeah. Let me Walk jog. I was going yeah. <laughs> to pay for it. I'm paying for this. I've spent a lot of money. I'm crossing that line for the yeah, first time. Yeah. So regardless of how I feel. Are you going to do another full Ironman? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, got, I've got a few more years. I've got a, some pretty big goals with this this sport. So yeah. I'm hoping to, um, I mean, as Steve knows, I'm, I got a roll down to the 70.3 Worlds last year, but couldn't go because of COVID. I finished 11th in Cairns. And, um, and I actually want to get to, yeah, I want to get to the big stage. Um, that competitive most, never seems to go, does it, in people that have been competitive? There's no. always like they can't just sit on the couch <clears throat> and no. retire gracefully. It's like even at um, oh, 
you know, you're not old, but I'm saying as you as you you know moving on, you're still being competitive as you would have yeah. been in your twenties. You know? That's the yeah. beauty of this game, isn't it? That's you can like that's I wish that they did it more with like running, but with the Ironman and the triathlon, they do a lot of like age group teams and stuff, don't they? Like masters yeah. world teams stuff, to make and that. Yeah. So you can go up to age, I think 75 or 80 to go to the worlds oh. in Kona. Like, and if they may change the venues eventually, but like my goal is it's not in the next couple of years. I've got another age group to go up to. I think 55, 59, sort of probably what I want to be at. But um, like there's guys 75 years of age crossing the line in 17 hours, you know, 16 and a half hours. And uh, it's just like, if you get a chance, go onto YouTube and watch it. Yeah. And you, the last person crossing the line, it will give you spine tingles like yeah. you've never had. Awesome. And man. it makes you want to do it. And like, it's no different to being at the marathon and, clapping that putt last person home across the line, even like the ultras, you know, the last person, everyone's there just saying, Hey, geez, this is so good. I think yeah. it's the beauty, the beauty of what we do. Yeah. Sorry to go, Noel. It's been great chatting. I'll, I'll keep <laughs> listening after we finish recording. I'll have another listen just to see what else you have to say. Very, yeah. I'm very intrigued. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, nice chatting with you. I'm to go do shift work, yeah. mate. So I'm off to bed shortly. I just got to have something to eat and I'm out of here. Yeah, mate. It'd be good to catch up no, for a run with you again soon. Yeah, Cheers. We'll, we'll go for a run sometime. Cheers. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers, Steve. Cheers. Catch you, around. See you, boys. Cheers, yeah. Bon. Yeah. yeah, what I was going to say, Noel, is like you run at the Gold Coast mm. half just recently, like whilst you're mm. recovering from um, the Ironman. Like you said to me, uh, I think on Facebook, like you reckon you can run a lot quicker. What's, what's mm. your sort of goals for that distance? I started working with a a pro triathlon coach who is full-time just full-time coaching um back actually three weeks before cans i mean him and i've been talking and i've been going on some group rides with him um and some running sessions and stuff beforehand but like andres he's from guatemala living in australia great pedigree good background what's he, his surname he has, uh zimri okay z-i-m-e-r-i okay uh, don't worry, I better, better give him a wrap because I told him I'd share in the podcast after this anyway. But mm. look, yeah. um, and the and the and the squad. But look, he he messaged me and said, nailed it, like that run. And then he said, sub one thirty for you next. Yeah. So like, but that's next race that I do a half marathon. I don't know. Um, but the goal's always been like, boys in my age group are running one thirty two, one thirty three off the bike the first, second, third guys after the bike and the run, like in a half. In the half, I they're running, yep. Yeah, they're running 3.14 to and above, you know, off the bike in an Ironman. So How far is the swim in the Iron, half Ironman? Uh, 1.9 Ks. Yeah, so that, for me, that's like about 34, 33 minutes, 35 minutes. Um, and then 90 Ks. I mean, I haven't gone very quick on the bike yet, but these boys are pumping 220s. Um, you know, mm. so that's upwards 37, 38 Ks an hour. But yeah, he's he said there that we would like, if I can get down to probably 125s, 124s, then that should equate to doing 132s, 133s off the bike if, you, if you're strong enough. Yeah. You've got to be, your bike's got to be strong enough that it doesn't impact your running ability. So ultimately, like in an Ironman, it's pretty much like a marathon. <laughs> the race doesn't start till we start running. Where a marathon, it doesn't start till you hit 32 Ks. And it's no yeah. different in an Ironman. Yeah. 
So you need that raw speed to, or that speed to actually get to and sheer ability to get to that point. But yeah, that's that's the goal. That, that's the goal. So um, to go hard, just to go for the next few months, it'll be some hard 70.3s and try and blow up actually. That's the aim is for me to blow up. So then I'm not as fearful once I hit the longer distance. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Experience. At least it. you can say then you gave it everything, you know, like yeah. you didn't go, oh, I want to left a bit on the line or. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly you know, right. You've got nothing left in the, in the, in the tank. Yeah. yeah. You should be like, you should be able to enter a race that you're so fresh that you can empty the tank and, but you will recover, you know, like. You should never be getting into a race feeling like you've, you know, you're fatigued and that you can't sort of empty the tank. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's what, what happened with Brad this morning is he's just been really loving his training so much. So I just think he just did too much this week. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what we call in racing as well. When you're racing, um, I, I saw a couple of people at the Gold Coast in their times, people that I do know um, where they overreached what we call overreaching, which means you're exerting too much power. So you can get foot pods that can tell you what your power is when you're running. You can get it when you're riding your bike, whatever it is. And like, you're feeling good at 20K. So I remember listening to your podcast. It was brilliant how you talked about how you felt oh, so good. But, yeah. But, um, but enjoy feeling good. Not go, yeah, oh, I'm going to go push myself Paul harder. Said to you, here's your plan. Like we are talking about this earlier, this plan where you, you're feeling so good, like, but you just don't want to go. You shouldn't go. I've had a look at Wax's times today. Like you could see he was very excited early. And how much yeah. did that affect the back end of that race? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you burn up a lot of fuel pushing hard up that hill early. Noosa yeah. was yeah. like that. Noosa 50 was like that. Everyone was flying along at like four minutes, five minutes of K. I was like, I was trying to slow that, even slow myself down. But, yeah. you know, it's very difficult because you're getting pulled along. And I think also yeah. people coming up to race week, they're like, oh, I don't want to lose all this fitness. You know, and, and I think they go, oh, I better keep running. And, so we yeah, had, in, yeah, yeah. So like for us in our training, I'll give an example is that we run on on pretty much perceived exertion in my training, where some people run on time and effort and heart rate and all these type of things. We we have this thing where our easy is super easy. Like my run today was super easy. I can have a full conversation like I'm with you now. If I can't, it's too quick. Yeah. Then we have like moderate, which is a little bit slower than, I guess, race pace. Medium is our race pace. But the one thing we get asked when we're training, like Andreas will follow me on the bike and he'll be talking to me. And he say, do you feel like you can go quick? I'll go, yeah. If I say no, then he'll tell me that I'm going too quick at the time. And I think some people when they're like running on today, an example would be, can you go quicker than you are right now? No, I can't. Well, then you're going too quick. You've still got 15 Ks to go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're, you're, already, you're already overreaching. You're already eating up your fuel stores already. It's real good advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's... Because they think it's race day. I've got to go. Yeah, I've got to be hurting the whole way. But it's a long way. Like 21K is still a long way. Uh, it's you know, going to it's, it's, it's gonna catch up with you. You're not a greyhound. <laughs> I, think, I think what happened is that, like I said to Brad, look, try and keep that 130 pacemaker you know, sort of 50 to 100 metres of you. Mm. And then you know mm. you're not too far off that sort of pace. But <laughs> the pacemaker went out way too quick, apparently. He's a really yeah. good runner, the uh, the 130 pacemaker. And mm. I reckon Brad just, he's not probably Maybe got that pace. You know, like you know you're running at what pace you should be at. 
I think he just yeah. would have just been going way too quick. And yeah, like yeah. you said, the back yeah. end, you just pay for it. You pay, you pay at the back end. Like if you're not training to be stronger. So we are out, love our training is stronger at the end. You look at all the, you see all the Instagram posts I put up. It always says stronger at the end. Everything we do is chop, chop, stronger at the end. You know, like your training should always reflect stronger at the end majority of it rather than stronger at negative. the start so you mean like yeah. negative splitting would that yeah. be negative a way to check yeah. it yeah okay. definitely or yeah. heart Def- rate or your heart rate lower at that rate maybe yeah well stuff that i've heard of is like if you're holding a pace but you're dropping and your heart rate is dropping okay that means your carbohydrate levels are low your nutrition's oh, low okay but if your pace is dropping and your heart rate is climbing then it means that you're just, you're under fatigue. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's good. All right. So just, it's something um, that I've heard a bit about. And a good example, you look back to, I hope these boys don't want me saying this. Last year, you look at um, before Trev stopped running, Trevor Warburton and Anthony Joseph, they both went to Cannes, sorry, to Townsville and ran in that heat. If you look at both of their data of them racing, I could see that Trev was keeping his nutrition up where Anthony was still, putting it on the line the whole time and you look at both of them trev's times weren't dropping off and his heart rate was staying up where anthony's times were dropping off and his heart rate was dropping increasing yeah you know, it's decreasing his heart rate's decreasing oh okay yeah because it can't no nutrition got no nutrition yeah. to go yeah but would this blood pressure drop as well probably with him would that mean maybe blood pressure might drop as well be interesting yeah, to see I, what I, that I, would have been yeah well that's a possibility because of um you know dehydration no energy too, isn't it dehydration yeah. like yeah. what your filtration yeah. system in your body so and your kidneys actually monitor your, your heart rate people don't understand that so your kidney your filtration system in your kidneys it, it has a lot to do with it so yeah. and that's your blood and that's your blood pressure so yeah there's a couple of little things you can sort of learn from that yeah. so cans was a good example with me i i didn't have enough nutrition after 26 k's that wasn't cramp that was just nutrition and you know my body was just saying i've had enough um and i've had it got more nutrition i probably could have dropped another 10 seconds a k but and you just couldn't yeah. get any more in oh it's just mistakes just rookie yeah. mistakes mate you know i should have had a special meats bag at halfway and grabbed another five gels out to go again i didn't it's I hard as well isn't it because if you're feeling a bit crook or your stomach doesn't really want to take it and you put you just put it off and go and then you go oh shit it's too late then you get even worse mm. it's like a vicious little cycle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I wanted to finish. That's all I wanted to do in the end because I, things, all the things that I wanted weren't going right. So I think I just sort of shut it down mentally rather than push. And I think if I had a push, then I would have had to get more food in. So it's just something I've got to work on. But that's, that's just the learning experiences of the whole thing. And like we've all been through, all of us here have been through it. Yeah. At some Talking stage about food. Of- some of these ultra runners now they do a they do like a mashed potato thing that they and I think it's mm-hmm. cold mashed potato and I'm like I love my mashed potato I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm like the king of making mashed potato but <laughs> yeah. um it, it must be hard to eat I think it must be hard to eat and it's quite liquefied I think cold mashed potato I couldn't think of anything probably worse but they they chomp it down I can see yeah. how that would I could see how that would totally work in an ultra totally yeah. because the parts in that is just yeah, but it's just good solid food for your gut. And I saw uh, Paul that I was running with. He actually added obviously a cooked, small, uh, boiled or cooked potato that he was mm. eating on. So it must have gone yeah. a bit, a bit cold. 
But even yeah. if it's a little bit warm, would be. But then, like you, know, you eat potato salad, so I'm thinking, oh, maybe a potato salad wouldn't be a, yeah. a bad thing. You could just chew on chew on that. Um, yeah. As well. So. Well, that's, that's a lot of stuff. Curtis in the Himalayas. Like I went on a couple of climbing expeditions over there, and we were getting porridge, mashed potatoes, boiled eggs. Porridge, mashed potatoes, yeah. boiled eggs. Boiled you know, eggs. Just carbs, 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 carbs. Protein yeah. carbs. You know. Yeah. Carbs is your friend. You put know? a bit of salt on you. Bit of salt on your boiled egg. Oh, I love that. And that to oh, getting yeah. a bit of sodium in. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a good little balance to have to get your carb oh, yeah. levels up and when you're on long, you know, long pushes. Yeah. So we can learn a lot, can't we, from other from other you know, like mountaineering and different other stuff. And oh. I think we can adapt some of that to sort of fit. Yeah. 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 Well then like when you're up there in the mountains, like your body's actually dying. It's not it can't actually take food on and you have to put it in. Um, it's mm. shutting down once you get to certain altitudes, like anything above the altitude, like six thousand meters. Your body just says, just yeah, it it doesn't want to eat, and above eight thousand, it's actually eating itself. So I've only been to I think just six two is the highest I've been to, and I will tell you what, that was Whoa, my that body ate, it ate, it ate, and it hurt. Like it's just a it's a tough. Day. I've been two thousand about two thousand meters above sea level in. Um, thailand or chiang mai mm. and i could feel the difference in the air mm. it's really yeah. thin and um yeah especially coming from australia i'm about 28 yeah. meters above sea level where i live but yeah it was um we were mountain biking and i could definitely oh feel the difference he would have there in that in the humidity like humidity would have dropped humidity as well actually it wasn't too bad because it was march so it was actually yeah. quite cool in the morning. So it was a bit yeah. chill to it. I was like, oh, lovely. But um, yeah, when it got, when it sort of warmed up, it wasn't mm. overly, overly hot, um, but mm. the air was thin. Especially we went up the top of, oh, I can't remember where the mountain was. We went through and yeah, the air was definitely thinner up there. You could feel it. Yeah. It's a lovely town, Chiang Mai. Oh, it's great. Yeah. 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 I have to go back. What's next for you then, Noel? Like you, is it running or triathlon no. or? It's still it's still the progress towards the, the, the tries. Um, I'm actually racing in eight weeks. I'm racing in two weeks, but it's only a low-key state duathlon championships in um, Toowoomba. Um, so I've never, I haven't run one, done one of those since I was a kid because I did a, a triathlon and a team and a duathlon as a kid. So I've got that up in Toowoomba in a couple of weeks. And then um, after um, Sunny Coast in eight weeks for the Sunny Coast Half Ironman. Yep. So this will be my second time in that race. So looking forward to seeing what we can do. Is that um, at Malulaba? At Malulaba again, yeah. 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 No, wetsuit? Cool. So, Are you wetsuit or no wetsuit? Wet, wet, wetsuit swim, yeah. It, it will be most likely that time of year. Um, like when we race the Moo try in March, it's not. It's it's wetsuit minus. So um, then well, this, at the moment, um, I think I'm racing GC50 in December. Yep. So I'm going to get my first 50k a go, and it's a hot time, isn't it? It's a oh, hot yeah. time of year to do oh. a 50 on the tarmac. Yeah, well, we're doing that because of cans to just try and build some, can see what the how the body responds. And yeah. but I've got a pretty big racing calendar sort of penciled in, and I'll say penciled because we just don't know sometimes and, uh, between yeah. that over the next 12 months. So that's sort of on the cards, and then a big race in Melbourne in um in January called Challenge Shepparton. It's another half Ironman. And then Port Macquarie, um, which is another half Ironman in May, and back to Cairns in June, hopefully. So I sort of want to get... Where's the swim? Would that be in a river? It's in a lake. A lake? It's in a lake. Okay, yeah. In a lake in the town. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful 
probably one of the most beautiful races you can do in country Victoria. So awesome. yeah. we, we're talking about it. My wife and I, we're talking about we're going to drive down there, spend a couple of weeks, do a bit of training down in the area, the Alps and stuff, and go sightseeing. And because we're both on school holidays as teachers, and, you know, and then go and have a bit of fun before we come back to work. So that's sort of, I guess, the calendar. Um, but someone's been trying to coax me into going to New Zealand in December, racing the Nutri-Grain Ironman series, like the, the actual uh, Taupo Ironman in New Zealand. But I'm sort of like, oh. <laughs> when's that? Uh, uh, December 10th or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So but I'm sort of, of like, I've got time. I, I just, I don't know. It's a cost thing. It just, it, these things just cost a lot yeah, and travel yeah. time and work and, you know, all these things that go with it. Where, what is your, what is your A goal? And sometimes yeah. you get excited and you start entering everything and it's just not right for you. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I need to be smart about what I'm doing. What's the, back to the Toowoomba one that's coming up. What is that? Like a duathlon? Is that run, bike, run or bike, run, bike? Run, bike, run. So 10 Ks. Um, and then a 40k ride then 5k run so we'll put it on line that day you should kill that yeah well bike still not strong enough to where i want it to be but it's getting there um but it'd be good to try and execute a hard bike but i think the run will be good the run will be pretty good on the day have you got um, swift the cycling thing no no i actually use um i use ruvay and the reason i use ruvay because it's got video recordings of like courses so Zwift is like a computer game as such where Ruve like I can be on a course in Hawaii and I can actually see all the visuals I can I've done yeah. cans on it like like a high def around. video yeah yeah exactly so people what they'll do is they might attach it to a car and drive it or they'll attach it to their push bike and you can do it for mountain biking they've got mountain biking ones as well and you just stick it on the um on the trainer like I've got we call them a turbo but I've got a I've got a, a Wahoo kicker and it just adjusts all the elevations as I go and puts me through hell and back. But yeah, that's what I use at home on most of my training sessions. So when I'm at home, a couple of ones before cans, I did five hours on it. Oh. Boring as anything, but oh, so that's yeah. what you're using on your Instagram that uh, that program. Instagram. Oh, uh, uh, when I see you, so I've seen a couple of snippets of you cycling. I think at home on the yeah on your bike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the courses and. Like recently, I've been doing Shepherd, and so I've been trialing the Shepherd and course just to see what it's like. I've been trialing the IG, um, Geelong course just to see what it's like. So just to get a bit of a feel of whether I, I I I like the course and what it looks like, and it doesn't sort of put you in the reality of what it is, but it it gives you a bit of a feel. Yeah. Of, you know the, the turns and how long the straights are and stuff like that. So, but yeah, so that's what I use, and it's it's a great thing. You can do running courses as well. So. They got running um, ones on it as well that you can hook up to your treadmill and off you go. Yeah, gotta get something like that. Yeah, see, <laughs> I'll see him. I'll see a few people using Zwift. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, expensive, eh? It's only about twenty. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, for a treadmill. Yeah, I know. I, I'm lucky because I live next door to Woody Creek Leisure Centre, so all my swimming uh, and okay. treadmill running is a hundred meters from my house. Oh, I used so, to live around the corner, and I used to used to swim there. Actually, Stephanie Rice. Uh, swam yeah. there as, as a kid yeah. which went to olympics so yeah. um yeah i used really? to i used yeah. to be a member yeah. there and yeah. actually i sat on a bike and um craig lounsey sat on a bike next to me they had those really good um, bikes you know you could ride around the oh, course yeah, yeah. on that thing oh, and he wow. sat down next to me because his <laughs> partner his new partner girlfriend was a member there and i said oh yeah, yeah. Craig, how, 
Hi, Emma. Funny it's bumping to you down here. Did you come here often? Yeah. And he was like, nah. Like, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, wow. We fell off me, nearly fell off my bike. But I used to do a lot of the spin classes there. Oh, that's um, good. As well. And yeah, then swim. Yeah. Tuesday night was like swim squad. So I'd come and try not to look stupid with the um, swimming up and down. Try a pool boy, mate. Honestly, get a pool boy and stick that between your legs and swim that way. Yeah, I need yeah, about teach, 10. Get, I need about 10. 10. Get you in the best position you can get, the best optimum swimming position. A lot of people go, oh, it's oh, cheating. Right. It, it's not. It gets you in the right position. you got to so. use it for practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Practice. Okay, yeah I, gonna... And then when you put a wetsuit on, it actually replicates it. Ah. So, yeah, yeah. well, what's the difference, to be honest? So, yeah. that's how I look at it. We're not swimming background. Mm. You're not doing a six-speed kick, so why? Why practice and in salty you know? water? If you're in salty water, you float a bit it, more as well. That's exactly right. Mm. Uh, every one of my sessions has a pull wire or paddles, okay. you know. Um, and when I'm in the race, I don't have any of that, and I I move along okay. Yeah, you go. So, yeah. so it, it shows that it works. Yeah, but you mostly just train for feel. But yeah, just having places like that close to you helps to sort of. I mean, we're in an optimum training background, like over here at Albany Creek, because you know you've got Bunyari, you've got Clear Mountain, you've got Mount Me, you've got Glorious Nebo, Sanford Valley, Goat Track, you've yeah. got so many conservation. Like, there's that many pro athletes that live around this area in triathlon. It's ridiculous. Have you and, heard of the Jinkadrome? Do you know? You go, yeah, no. so we used to ride Jinka Track um, down Collins Road and then up yeah. Old Northern Road and around do repeats of that. I think it was about 9K loop and we called it the Jinkadrome. So we used wow. to go and do a few laps of that if you had time. Like, you go, oh, let's get a few laps, three or four laps in before dark, yeah. just to, rather than sitting on the, the yeah. spin bike or something at home, just go and do something. But I used to ride from there. Like my Saturday, Sunday morning ride was like 160K. I'd go Albany Creek yeah. out to Sanford, Debra, up yeah. over Mount Me, out to yeah. like Biwa, and then back yeah. through. Um, the fun began when you get to Caboolture, people throwing things at you and everything else. And then... <laughs> And then get home as quick as you could. It's, it's interesting. Whatever, right? Oh, I took a mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took a mate of mine out yesterday out to um, Mount Me and up on Mount Sampson Road, and like it, there's no shoulder, and nah. he's never been out there. And I said, "Don't worry, the traffic is pretty good out here." And he says, "What happens? When do we get stuff thrown us? If we set up at Morrowfield, so there was um, two motorbikes but, crashed, didn't they, this weekend? Correct. Saturday. Mount no, on Debra Road. Did they really? Well, yeah, there was a, there was shut the road. Two motorbikes. I don't know if they hit each other or crashed or whatever. Anyway, two motorbikes involved in a crash. When, when, when was that? Saturday. This weekend, yeah. Yeah, well, there's two guys going Saturday. up and down Mount Me back and forth all the time, cutting the corners. Yeah, okay. Well, that might be to do with that then. Yeah, they were they were not going. I was riding. For, see, you always hear the first bike, but you don't hear the second bike behind it. And that's right. I was one of these people I ride without any music in or anything and i because i think yeah. it's dangerous um yeah. and i was on my way from debra to um no i was on my way from sanford to debra and i heard the bike coming he must have been there doing about 200k an hour because it just was like boom. but there was one right behind him and it was the second one that scared me and, and the the breeze off him like and then he pulled me off my bike and i was like oh jesus as you were they were absolutely flying i was like you idiots we have we have one coming down glorious one day uh, we went up to Glorious and then back down through Nebo yeah. and it was just past Nebo. It's probably more closely to Anrogra Reservoir. And this guy come past us. I could hear him coming. He was motoring. And he knew what he was doing because he got that close to us. If I had a move four inches, five inches oh. to my right, 
we were both gone, but he knew what he yeah. was doing and he was yeah. good. But still at the same time, it's just. Ridiculous. It's not a racetrack, is it? It's a 60 no, an hour no. road. Because I used to ride up Nebo and then out the back, yeah. glo- down Glorious into Sanford. And that's steep on the way down out the back. Yeah, that's Sanford horrible. There. Oh, yeah, you're on the brakes and you're like, if you don't get on the brakes early, you, you're not going to earn it. You don't want to cook your brakes either. So you have to just start slow and go slow all the way. Yeah. Yeah, I was told never to go down with carbon wheels and, and rim brakes. <laughs> no, yeah. you'll melt them. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, but no, a guy actually lost his life down there a couple of years ago, I believe, going down oh, to quick and lost control out the back of a car. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's um, you got to be careful these days wherever you yeah. go. It doesn't matter who it is. No. It's crazy sports, so we do. But yeah. I know we do it because we love it and enjoy it, not because we want to. Yeah, no, I totally you know, agree. Put ourselves right on right on the right on the limit, you know. But I find I find it all rides about one or two people. Just I didn't have any yesterday. Nothing, no, no near misses, no one any stupid, yeah. no one sort of, you know, causing any grief. And sometimes we do, but generally it's about yeah. one or two a ride and yeah. just get a little bit close. So, but, yeah. but you know, it's, it's in a rush. It's, Can't wait a few yeah. seconds. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a shame. It really is. So it's a shame. And then you probably go to their house. They got a push bike in the garage anyway. Possibly. You know, these all their kids have. You know, they guess, go, oh, bloody cyclists, but then you know, there's, there's a BMX and there's a mountain bike in the garage and you go, okay. Yeah. Or the sticker on the back, this is baby on board, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it is people just, yeah, we, we, we're busy people now. I think we're just always in a hurry to get somewhere and we just forget others. We don't yeah, take that yeah. two seconds to sit yeah. back and reflect. Yeah. But no. Well, as we as we wrap yeah. up, anything else you wanted to add? No, it's been a, it's been really good having having you on. Yeah. Like a, oh. um, an ex, uh, ex, we almost like back to professional, uh, but an ex professional athlete like yourself at such a high level and yeah. um, sharing some yeah. wealth and knowledge with us. And it's really good to see that um, you've still kept it going um, yeah. all this time. You know, some it's well, great. I, I, yeah, I mean, I just want to say like it's great listening to you guys and you know everything. It's hmm. Thank you. I think it's what we need. Um, you know, people, I've always said to Paul Gourlay when I first met him, I said, you know, someone's giving you something unconditionally of information for free at some yeah. point in your life. Yeah. Why do we have to attach a price tag to everything? Why can't we yeah. just do what we're doing now, you know, and, and give it back to back. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's the most rewarding thing to do because yeah. I know I've met some great people and I'm talking some really amazing people that have just shared stories with me to, you know, and I, that's that's one thing I believe in a lot more that we need to do a lot more of. Yeah, oh, right. we should um we should catch up with you after your um one of your big events that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, the half Ironman with Noose uh, at Sunshiny Coast. We'll get you get yeah. you back on, or you can yeah. walk us through prep and everything yeah. for that. Yep. Yeah. All right, boys. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll catch see up you again, again soon. Again. Awesome. We'll do it. Cheers. Thanks, Noel. We'll see you out there. Bye. Cheers, Noel. Thanks, Bye. Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind plays these 
tricks on me sometimes And I'll find that my mind climbs higher Than it should climb by your magic 